0: Thank you for tuning in for the Push Through Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Reeves. I'm a licensed professional counselor here in Atlanta, Georgia, with a private practice where I specialize in maternal mental health as well as women. With the podcast, we'll be talking all things womanhood, motherhood, and a few things sprinkled in in between. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a quick chat with me. And don't they let me win a fall? Thank you guys for joining me for another episode of the Push Through Podcast. And I'm so happy to have my next guest, which is Hyacinth. Hello, how are you? Hi, hi everybody, (laughs) how are you? Akeisha, thank you for having me. Thank you for being on. Um, So you are one of the best friends of one of my close friends, um, Mm -hmm. Tamika, And I know that we've chatted through transactional events that Tamika have had, but we've never like right, just, right. like sat down and actually like talk or um, no. talked about motherhood or anything. So I'm so glad that we're able to. Um, right. This will be our first time for I sure. No, know. Because um, I follow you on Instagram and I love mm-hmm. all of the great things that you're doing. And I also really like that you do, you're into hiking. I know that you had a hike here in Georgia and yeah. I couldn't come because I didn't have any childcare. But, um, mm-hmm. I love all things nature and outside and, and all of that stuff. So I just love all of the awesome things yeah, that you're doing.
1: <laughs> that's, that's my home. That's where I'm the, my, the most comfortable.
0: That is my place. So, yeah. Um, that but I'm, tell us a little bit about you. Where are you originally from?
1: Um, so I'm originally from, uh, like, east of Atlanta, Decatur, Georgia. Um, born and raised. I was raised mostly in Ellenwood, Georgia, um, Georgia and I was actually partially raised in New York my mom's from upstate New York so oh. I lived there like probably for after I was born probably for about maybe three I, I was in Atlanta for like two years moved back for like maybe two years and then moved back and was raised in Georgia so briefly went to New York, Buffalo New York where my other family is shout out <laughs> to the Buff- Buffalonians
0: <laughs> you know <laughs>
1: And I grew up a country girl in the south, like playing in the dirt. I was a tomboy. I liked to play in the dirt. I liked to play basketball. I never felt like a guy could do something I couldn't. So I was always very competitive. Very, um, I don't know. I, I got my butt. I I've got hit in the face with footballs, all kinds of things, <laughs> just because I thought I was able to do what they were doing. So uh, it was it was fun though. I had a very active childhood. My aunt was a. Um, she was like a community, I guess, a, a well-known community figure. So. She was her, her. She was Carol Blackman. She was on a radio show called um, on V One Hundred and Three mm-hmm. for years. For Mike and Carol in the morning. So I grew up um, with a lot of exposure to things because of her, like her events that she would take me to. Um, and my other aunt was on work for the the TV station WB. So I had a lot of exposure. I, I got to see a lot of the behind the scenes of TV, and I got to meet some um, famous people when I was younger. And like, my aunt did it. Evander um, Holyfield
0: at one point. Oh, wow. So, like, I had
1: close exposure to those people. So I, I guess I grew up, you know, just kind of seeing a little bit of everything. Um, summers spent in New York, so I got to get the up north field too and go to camps and learn how to just like step teams and things like that. So I have a pretty, I had a pretty cultured childhood, I would say.
0: That's awesome. all set. That. Okay. So. Nice. <laughs> and I asked everybody who's on the show, did you always see yourself? As being a mom, you know how sometimes um, little girls can have like baby dolls and like mm-hmm. say, oh, I can't wait to have kids. And then some women will be like, I never even thought about it. I never really saw myself as a mom. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to live my life and travel. How did you view motherhood when you were younger?
1: Um, it's funny because I didn't want to be a mom. Mm-hmm. I was
0: I was I was it was funny because I
1: always took I like to nurture it. I was a mother figure like I, I started my own business at 11 years old, a babysitters club. And I babysat for, like, the whole community. And, like, I would do Christmas parties for them and, and like, really nice, uh, like, homes and, like, nice families. But it was – as I got so busy, I had to, like, hire one of my friends to help me. So I always loved – like, I was always the bigger cousin that took care of everyone and, like, um, you know, was the nurturer. So I loved doing that. I, I was the older sister, but I never wanted to actually have my own kids. I always wanted – I always wanted that freedom. So I saw myself traveling the world, Um mm-hmm just living really a, a really a free you know liberal life you know so i didn't i did i definitely didn't even i used to when i would play i would play as a leader like i was always speaking to people i was always um a teacher i did and i actually was a teacher at one point um in my in my career and you know just that role i like to impact their lives but i didn't want to take it with me every day like i just wanted to have my <laughs> moments with them and then be done like the auntie.
0: yeah I'm, yeah I'm
1: so Hand, so,
0: hand them back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it
1: wasn't. It wasn't to take it on for myself. I like my. I like my alone time. And I was like, oh, I want my time to myself, and I want to travel, and I want to. So I knew how I like to be alone, and I was like, no, there's no way. I'm have to pay for So,
0: <laughs> so when no, when free. you did become a mom, knowing that you know this was kind of like the life that you wanted was to be free, do what you want. Mm-hmm. When you first did learn about your your first child. How mm-hmm. was that for you? How did you kind of process that?
1: Well, I was a teenage mom. So for me, I didn't have, it was no process. Like I, most, the way that I became my mom was just ignorance, not knowing anything about anything. Like my mom, I was a junior in high school. But my mom had not, I was going into my junior year. My mom had never talked to me about sex. Like none of it, like nothing. We never had a talk. I just would hear things about like girls around me because I had been hearing about them having sex since I was in seventh and eighth grade. But I just didn't understand, and I didn't understand why they liked it, why they were doing it. Like, to me, it just, I never got that, like, se- like sexual attraction to a guy. I never felt like that. Mm-hmm. So, the fact that I had a kid, young was so funny. because, like, none of my friends, everybody was shocked. Because it wasn't my character. I wasn't that girl. I was really shy, quiet. Just not knowing, though, is how I got in that situation. Um My home was, was a little tumultuous because my mom was married to an alcoholic, and he was very violent. So, we went through a lot of, Home issues, and this guy was somebody that was a friend of my friend's um, boyfriend, her boyfriend. So I was always around him because when I would go to her house, he was just there. Mm-hmm. So it, it just kind of happened like that. And it was one day that it just happened unexpectedly. I, I was, I had been molested as a child, and all I remember is my first time is like it was traumatizing because all I can remember is I think it just it made me go black because I it took me back to that child mindset what I went through. Mm-hmm. So going from all of that, a very naive girl to a mom, it was it was life changing. Like I, I literally felt like a veil was removed from my eyes because I had to I think it was God's way of of helping me prepare to be a mother because I didn't even take up for myself. I was very passive. I was very meek in a lot of ways. And um it's like even in middle school girls would knock my stuff off my desk. Like just do little things and I just didn't like confrontation. I wasn't confrontational so I wouldn't speak up. And it it, it, it caused me to be a mom. So um, once I realized I was going to be a mom, like I, I, I my initial thing was I didn't want to do it. I, want, I didn't want to go through with it. I went to the clinic to go, like I wanted to go get an abortion. Um, and they were like, no, your iron is too low. You can't, you know, so it was like, okay. They had me do some things and told me to come back. They would check my iron. If it wasn't, it, would, it was better. They would actually, you know, let me do it. I went and did those things came back, they checked my blood before we even went through the process, and they're like, no. And at that moment, I told my mom, like, she was telling me something, and I just, it sounded like Charlie Brown, like, I literally mm. couldn't hear her anymore. It was, at that point, it was like, all I heard was God, and it was like, this is what you're supposed to do. You have to have this pile. You're having, this. so that left my mind. It was like, you're not having an abortion. It's not happening. It wasn't meant, and it's not happening. So, I, I began to be very passionate about that and realize, like, that's just not a path that I'll ever take in any situation. So, um... I became a mom. I was like I told myself as I went from this naive 15-year-old girl to a 16-year-old mom and I literally had to just grow. I was already mature in other ways like I, I could take care. Of, I was always taking care of somebody, but it was different. It was just I was naive to the world. Like I didn't know a lot about a lot of things. So um it was interesting. It was very interesting. I feel like my son was always very mature even when he like I had a dream about him when I was um pregnant. And I saw him, like, being this very, um, just a very mature young boy. Like, he was a boy, but he was, like, a man boy. And mm-hmm. it's funny because he ended up saying that to me. That was his thing. Mom, I'm a man boy. But it was literally, like, that's what was going on. And I saw him, and I'm like, he's, I saw his complexion, his hair. I saw everything. I'm like, he's so cute, but he is pretty handful. And when I had said anybody that knows him, they know he, he came here with an old soul. And I almost feel like it was because he had to helped me grow up because I was so timid and he made me tougher. He made me, cause he's, he's a fire sign, all fire, every sun, sun moon and rising is fire. So he's very action and just aggressive and just very, he's very masculine. And so I had to learn from him sometimes because he was, he, he was even manipulative and would get over me. Cause I wouldn't understand. Like I was just too green for a long time. I had to learn and he helped shape me into that person. Like he helped me to be, Uh, you know, a better, a better person, like a stronger person, like to kind of feeling where I'm at now, like it kind of began the journey of me having confidence and, you know, being able to speak up and say what I felt and not care what people think about it and things like that. So he definitely taught me a lot,
0: a whole lot. Definitely. That's amazing. I mean, that's, that's great that he had all of those qualities and he was your firstborn. So that's Mm -hmm. beautiful. When we talk about, Um, motherhood, I think that there's not a lot of discussion around teen moms, um, Mm -hmm. and what that entails, because, you know, of course, like what you said, you didn't even have time to process it. You Mm -hmm. have a child, you know, how that affects your own dynamics in your household, what that's like to show up at school. What's that like, Mm -hmm. you know, amongst your peer group or with the person that you co-created this child with, how was that whole experience for you in high school
1: um the funny thing is for me so I'm a very like I guess I'm, I was always mature and I'm very I'm, I'm a smart girl and I was all and I was smart in books and all that kind of stuff I just didn't have a lot of street smarts mm-hmm. you know like as far as operating with people I had this thing in my head that everybody was good and I don't know why I thought like that. I just always thought that people that way I, I didn't realize until like probably like my early 20s like my, it was my kid's second kid's father who was like "Highest, and no everybody's not like you. Everybody doesn't think like you. People don't have always good intentions. You need to stop thinking like that. And it's it was like a light bulb moment. But up until that moment I, I still thought like that. So um I had went and taken like so many classes. Like I did that because I like I signed up for every class possible because I thought that was gonna make me I just wanted to be the best mom. I'm like if I have to do this, I'm gonna do the best that I can do. Mm-hmm. So I took mm-hmm. I mean, anything from Lamas to breastfeeding classes to um, nutrition, I mean, lactation. I took every class possible. So I used all of that. And I was so, like, I remember my mom picked us up from the hospital and she brought the wrong car seat. She brought the one that was the, the, the forward-facing car seat. And I freaked out. Because I was so studied that I was like, you're not doing it by the book. This is not right. You can't, I can't take him home. You're going to kill him. And I just, I can't kill him. Like, I was so freaked out. I remember that being like a, a moment. And that's when I realized like, yeah, this is, you, you already, it's your instincts. I already mm-hmm. had it. I already was, I immediately, I wanted to defend my child. And that's my mom, you know, who who nurtured me. But I'm telling her like, you're doing it wrong, you know? And she's like, that is not going to hurt him. She's like, okay, I'm sorry. She's like, just come on. Tyson. We can just put him in the cart. We'll be fine. I, and it, I literally was so nervous the whole way home. I remember that, um, that moment. Um, his dad, he was there at the hospital when I had him. Um, but he didn't come into the room. He wasn't in the room. And then afterwards, he would come by and see him. By that time, he had gotten married to his first kid's mom. Um, and it was it was really awkward because the, the funny thing is I never had an attachment to him. I never really, it was just, I, like I said, it was it was traumatizing my first time was. And I think it, we had maybe two or three interactions after that. And the day that I got, I, I actually got pregnant. Was I had literally told myself like, you're gonna get the courage to tell him you don't like this and you don't wanna mm-hmm. do it anymore. That was the day I told myself that because mm-hmm. I felt uncomfortable. I felt like I'm just laying here like I didn't, I didn't enjoy it mm-hmm. and I didn't understand why people enjoyed it so much. I'm like all these people at school talk about this. What do they like? I don't like this. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel good to me. I didn't like it. And that was the day I decided. And that was the day I got pregnant. So it was, it was just crazy, you know, the way things happened.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: But he was, he was there and he would come around and then he would get back into his ways and would not be around. He struggled with alcoholism and, um, I don't even know what other things he got in the streets. He was at one point homeless. So he wasn't really involved at all. He got to the point where he just wasn't, I didn't even, it was nothing like he wasn't involved at all. So, um, that was his family though. Now the funny thing is he, he wasn't, but his family was very involved. So mm. his his father always brought um every, like food. He would not food. He would bring like diapers. Like for the first year, I probably never bought diapers. He would mm. buy clothes. Um his aunt at one point she got involved when he was about six months old. She was really involved, like heavily. And once I went off to college, like she was she took on that responsibility of of keeping him. And I would come back and forth because I went to school in Greensboro, North Carolina, which was about an hour from her house, probably about an hour and 40 minutes, maybe. Um, and so she kept him while I was at school. He was like two by the time I went to school, um, to college. But, yeah, she was very involved. Like, his, they were, his family was very helpful, like, very, very, very involved, despite him not being there. So I always had – he had so much support. His personality drew people to him. Like, he was such a magnet – I don't even know. Like he, I don't even think he even knows who he is at this point. I don't. I think he's kind of in his own life because he's going through that teenage critical phase. But he has great purpose. I know it. I know it because of our beginning, our story, and he. I know what he did as a child. Like literally, he walked into a room. People were just drawn to him. his energy. He's he's been in a movie before. He's done acting. He's done modeling. He's he's done. He's you know traveled to compete in dance competitions. We've done we've done all kinds of things. He's just he's just a very, like I said, full of energy. He has a he just has a, a some type of energy that pulls people to him. He just has his own little his own little thing. So I don't know. It's been it's been for me. It's been well, it's been me raising him as far as his father. Like at this point, I I pretty much I told his dad at one point like I can't. It's gonna come a point where I can't be the middleman, where I can't be the you know like the person between the two of you because he's gonna come to make his own decisions, and he's eighteen now. So. His his decision is he doesn't want to talk to him. He doesn't want to deal with him. Um, his father has reached out through Facebook. Doesn't want anything to do. He doesn't even want anything to do with his siblings from his father. Other siblings his father had. So I think at at some point he may grow and mature and change that. But at this point, there's no communication. Like we, there's I don't talk to him. He hasn't talked to him. Probably in about like three years now. Three mm-hmm. four years.
0: So gotcha.
1: And, I, I mean, I just, I feel like, and I never, people, like, I didn't even, like, make him pay child support, which a lot of people will say is crazy. I started the process, and then, like, it just, it goes nowhere.
0: Yeah. The system is set up to where
1: it just goes nowhere. So, it's like you're putting all your time into it, and at some point, you just get exhausted because you're taking time away from your kid, because you're taking food out of your own mouth by, you know, taking off of work to go down there and do that kind of stuff. So, for me, it was just about, this is my child regardless. Like, I, I'm going to do my, my part. This is what I, you know, I always took motherhood very serious, like I always,
0: I don't know, when I became a mom,
1: it wasn't like you would think with most teenage moms, like I hung out all the time, I, I, I never did that anyway, I wasn't that personality, mm-hmm. but for me, I really, I was a homebody, I watched Lifetime, like I didn't, <laughs> my first party was college, like I didn't, I was not a, like even my friends, they would be, they wouldn't even join a drink and smoke around me, I'm like, yo, I have a whole child. Yeah. They're like, hey, yeah. that doesn't mean that you're bad, they're like, you're, 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 you make, you're good, like we don't want, we don't, we, we feel bad doing that stuff around you, I'm like, why? Like it. This was so funny, but that's how everybody saw me because I was just so pure in the way I thought in in regards to life, you know, people. So I grew, I had to grow up. I grew up honestly with with being his mom. It, it helped me to grow into a, a young woman.
0: Nice. Uh, what was college like for you? Like juggling motherhood and going tr- away to school.
1: Um, it was actually very easy. It wasn't. It wasn't hard because I had such a strong like tribe, I had such a, I had so much support, so I didn't, I never felt that pressure, um, I don't know, I just, I honestly, like I said, I had, every, like my friends in college, Seth was at our dorm, like, he was up, he was on college campus, like, he's been, he was involved, he was a part of it, like, he grew up around all of us, like, it was like a tribe, he was up there, we all mm-hmm. helped, some of my friends would take Coco, she would, you know, she's watching is her godmom, she would watch him like, everybody would take turns and put their hands in to help support and take care of him. So, I honestly, and then when I was, you know, away, I would go back and forth. But it was, like, it wasn't a far drive. It was, like, people would be, they'd be like, okay, I'm going to Charlotte, too. Like, it was just easy. It wasn't hard. It was an easy, um, like, a easy with as far as the support. Right. The hard part was when I had to be, what became hard is when I had to be away from him during the week. And my my mom at the time she was becoming she was like she was judging me for being away in mm. school, and eventually I came back and she was like you're you're not being a mom you're letting her raise your kid you know, and it made me feel like guilty so I started feeling guilt.
0: Yeah. Whereas I <laughs> and I
1: and I didn't realize I had so much support in school like with my friends about it. I just did I let my mom get in my ear about that and I felt bad. Moved back home, and she was going to help me with him and then it ended up being a different situation. So. I really could have just took him to school with me. I shouldn't have done that. And mm-hmm. I didn't. And that was the one thing I did. I will say was that was a moment where I was like, I felt like I didn't have support, but I really did. I had a lot of more support than I realized.
0: That's awesome. Because it wow. really
1: was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like something that you, you've said that is so important, like being able to have a village mm-hmm. and a tribe and that support and that can make motherhood so much easier versus like Absolutely. you having to do it all by yourself. Absolutely okay and then um what was it because i know you have three kids total what mm-hmm. was it like the second time around for you
1: hmm <laughs> i feel like all my pregnancy stories are so like awkward they're they're funny um which is funny because it's like that it, it really they happened but they that means my kids are meant to be here because i i never saw my kids um the second time around the so my second, their dad is, he. I, to, I knew him since I was, what, eighth grade? Mm-hmm. So I knew him before I even knew Steph's dad. Um, and I always had a crush on him when we were younger. Like, I used to always think he was really cute, but he was always a ladies' man. So he would always have issues with girls wanting to fight over him. So I just, it just made me not pay him no attention. Um, but when I went away and when I finally, when I moved back to college during that time, when I had to make that decision, like, okay, I want to move back, I felt guilty, mom guilt. Um, I moved back and I like, I was, my friends wanted me to go out this one night. I did not want to go out. I was like, cause I, again, like I told you, I was always a homebody. And in, in college, we would go out like by our freshman year, first semester, I was done because it was like, literally we went out. It was always something on a Wednesday and a Thursday. It was, like, it, it was, it was exhausting. We, you know, we went to HBCU. So it was like, I was over it. Cause I, I'm not a party. of that's not my thing. So, um, <laughs> I went out, I was forced to go out. I was like, I don't even have anything to wear. She's like, You can wear my clothes. And she gave me, even gave me something to wear. So I'm not comfortable because I'm not in my clothes. And I ran back into him that night and like we reconnect. So we were friends. Like we actually started off as friends. Like we didn't really, we didn't start off dating. It was, it was more so like catching up from old times, talking about, you know, what, what was going on in each other's lives, things like that. And eventually he kind of just went, he asked to date me. We did it for like four years. um, and I didn't. We didn't have kids. We had kids after probably dating for four years. That it was right, like during a time where his mom was like sick and she was mm-hmm. about to die. Um So that's why I said it was a crazy time because there was a lot going on during that time. And with him, it was it was good. Like it wasn't bad because I loved him and I really loved him. Like I actually, he was my friend, like my best friend. So mm-hmm. it was cool. Like um I didn't want to be pregnant. I, I wasn't excited about that part because it was like we had broken up probably a year before that but when his mom got sick he called me and wanted me there and I was there with him every day so it happened um and we you know we ended up I ended up pregnant what was funny is that like like even with like with that pregnancy even though I loved him I still wasn't excited about the pregnancy because I had told myself I made a vow to myself like if I ever have a kid I'm gonna be married Mm -hmm. but at the time I also was still in a limit I feel like that's a that's still a limiting mindset in my to me for now because I feel like marriage doesn't define love it doesn't really make mean that you love someone it doesn't even mean a commitment really, for some people Mm -hmm. so I think that just at that time though I still lived in a lot of boxes so I felt like that's the way I should have done it Mm -hmm. and so I felt like you know bad about it like you know dang I shouldn't have done it my mom kind of at that time it had been almost eight years since I had sex so my mom was supportive that time and she wasn't you know so upset and she kind of was like you know what happens don't feel bad you know this it you know this has been this long whatever she was just really supportive so that pregnancy was actually a good one because i didn't have i didn't have all the other stuff like i didn't have to deal with like the the, the stuff i went through the first time but mm-hmm. i still was nervous i was scared i was 23 but i still felt like you know nervous because it had been so long i was like do i know how to do this still i don't know, if I know how to do this do i remember this yeah it's been a long time like and at that time, you were just operating in, you know, study mode. Like, what? You, I don't know if you can do this again. Like, I don't know. It was, it freaked. It freaked me
0: out. Um, even when I first Steph, had him, like, Steph little, the little How I was old? Sorry. How old was Steph old? at that time?
1: Steph was almost eight, so he was he was like two months shy of eight when um, I had CJ. Okay. Yeah. So, um, it was just me and the boys. Like, it was literally like that was basically what it was. I mean, it was funny because I didn't even think. That the uh, like the Shiloh was a shock, total shock. <laughs> I was like, I was going to get my birth control shot like that that day, and that's when I found out. They're like, oh, you missed. You are a little, you're a little bit later than you're supposed to come, so you gotta come, you gotta do a pregnancy test. And I'm like, what? Okay, sure. And I'm not thinking anything. Take the test. And when she told me, I felt like I felt like I was numb. Like I felt like the room was spinning. I was just like, what? Because you gotta, they're sixteen months apart.
0: Oh so I was, that is close. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And during that time me and their dad were not in a good place because he was struggling with adjusting to atlanta he didn't like atlanta at all he had, he had been in charlotte the whole time until so we had cj and i moved back to atlanta because of Seth's career with acting um he was getting more involved in getting more you know jobs and more auditions so it was just a lot to be driving from charlotte to atlanta so we just moved back to atlanta um and it was it was funny because like it was just rough it was just a rough time again like it was just because he wasn't happy about being there he was like but he didn't want to leave his family so he was struggling with that he was just not getting opportunities that he was wanting to as far as work because it was atlanta compared to charlotte is a lot more saturated there's a lot more competition it's more competitive. Mm-hmm. so he was frustrated and i was just telling him i like, just keep, keep i was trying to get him to understand like it will get better like yeah. hang in there it's going to get better just keep going and it did get better. It's funny because now he lives there now and doesn't want to leave. And we never <laughs> live back in Charlotte, so it's little funny how life is. But um, yeah, that was a shock. But I refused to have an abortion. I made that vow after Seth when I could not have that one. I told myself I would never have one. So it was not that was not an option for me. Like I think that was more of what he was leaning to because he felt like during that time it was not the timing. He wasn't able. To, he wasn't where he wanted to be financially, and. I'm like, it's, that's, it's fine, but it happened. And I'm not going to, I just can't, do, I can't do this. So, yeah. had Shiloh. Now we have three kids. Um, and three is a bunch. So, we literally had to tag team. Because it was like, okay, you get her, I get him. Like, you get it. CJ was an early riser. So, we like, he would get CJ up and do his thing with CJ. I would deal with Shy Because he was still awkward about having to wipe her, like, as a girl. Like, mm-hmm. it was awkward for him as a man. For her being so young. Mm-hmm. So, we just we tagged team we worked it out we figured out how to you know how to navigate with two kids and diapers basically it was a lot though a lot of work I a lot imagine. of work <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then the fact that you were here in Atlanta you know of course like you had um your kids dad that was there as a support but i guess you were away from that original tribe that you had created up there so what was that even like mm-hmm. to have decreased the village what was that like well
1: it was that's atlanta still it was home so that was that was my original village mm. so i just came back to I, I had a lot of support everywhere like here i had support there because i because it ran to my mom's sisters there um my uncle was there i had my grandparents eventually ended up moving there my mom ended up moving back there so like i had every all of them there too and nikki was there because she was in school so i was she was always you know there like about my moments of like was of freak out and like nervous breakdown. She was like, okay, I got him. I'm coming to get him. Like, she would just, she was always there to help me a lot too. So she, she didn't have kids at the time, so she was auntie, and it was fun for her to come get kind <laughs> and get get away, you know. And then, you know, take him back when she when she was done having fun. Um, But yeah, I had I had lots of support in Atlanta still. So
0: yeah, nice. That's- okay how were how were you able to get through the really tough moments? Like, what were some of the things that helped you push through because I know that it it couldn't have always been easy um because challenges come you know with just anybody mm-hmm. with motherhood and I
1: had health challenges so for me I was I got sick I got I have Crohn's disease and so it's a, like which is a digestive disorder so and but it's, it could be debilitating with the pain and just all the other symptoms and for so I had that happening I'm trying to think how old they were I don't even remember but Very young. Um, And even though, like, at that point, we had gotten to a better place, like, financially, Chris was um, taking care of everything, and he was working from home and everything, but he was, we had a nanny. I I hired a nanny um, for them and everything, but I was in the hospital, and so the nanny wasn't doing what she was supposed to be doing, and I was usually the person that kind of ran that, and he was not comfortable, Mm -hmm. so it got to be really crazy, because I'm in the hospital, he's trying to work, she's not doing what she's supposed to be doing, she's coming to get him while the kids are there, so... It was chaotic and I, it was a lot of pressure for me because I was really the person that you it, you see the woman i run. I was really the one that kept the household running smoothly, you know, um, and with my health challenges and I also experienced something traumatic during that time. Um, it was very challenging. It became very challenging during that time because my mental health was also After I went through the trauma or something traumatic, I actually went through PTSD. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. trying to be a mother, going through mental illness and physical illness at the same time, like, it was just a lot to deal with Mm -hmm. all at once. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot. It was, and I mean, at at some point, that's when we kind of separated because I just, I kind of chose myself over everybody
0: Yeah, is what Mm -hmm.
1: happened. I really realized, like, I had to get away from Atlanta at the time. And I felt like the best way, I went out west. My mom had moved out west after my grandmother passed because she just had went through her. That was her way of just moving forward because her mom had passed. Um, And so like the next year, you know, I experienced something traumatic and I was like, okay, I'm going to go visit. I had visited her actually earlier in that year. And then that happened. And then I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to go there because it was so sunny. I remember it being just so bright and how I felt. Mm. So... I went and I was like, I'm leaving. And he wasn't ready to go. So I had I just made a choice. It was I didn't want it to happen the way it did, but it was like I have to I knew my mental health at that time. Yeah. If I did not move my body physically and leave, I was not gonna be a good mom. I couldn't mm. be myself. I was not gonna be able to to strengthen myself. I needed to get into a new place. So I got there and I went through so much growth. Like it was mm. amazing, like the Phoenix, literally like the city. Like I literally bloomed out there. It was it was what I, I i chose myself and i felt selfish many times because he because he still felt he was hurt like you know i took i took the kids you know but i felt like if it built you you know for the family you should be willing to move even if it's not the most desirable place for you you know i feel like it was something that you could still do to sacrifice but i've made other sacrifices too and his he's just not that person he wasn't he wasn't ready at that time to do that so At one point he considered it, but it it just, it never, it just did not work out. We just, it was just not a good time. Our time was not, it wasn't good. So it didn't work out. Um, and now we're still, we're Like we're good friends. I'm still like, we're really good friends. I think that we'll always be this way. I think we'll always have that, that connection no matter what. Um, but like for me that I don't regret it. I don't regret leaving. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Because I feel like if I didn't go, I wouldn't, I don't know that I'll even be here to sit here and talk to you, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because that's where I was at. So it was literally a thing where it's like, choose yourself. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. It's mental health awareness. That's why I'm saying I'm telling this part of it because I wasn't going to tell this part, but it's important for people to understand that like women, mothers go through that. We go through mental illness and not maybe my situation wasn't because of my kids. It was because of something else, Something yeah. somebody else did to me that traumatized me. So it made me go through a lot of mental you know I had to process all of that like i had, to, I had nightmares all that everything like I was going through a lot so um and still wanting to be a mom and wanting them to be the best I wasn't sure if I was the best yeah. you know if I was still the, still the best for them so it's important like to take that seriously too as if you're going to do that like I did go to therapy um I didn't do it long I did it for periods um and I think I started learning ways like coping mechanisms not like learning healthy ways and I got into holistic health and I got into meditation and yoga and I already been doing yoga for some time um but not consistently so I got back into it and those things are what like in nature which is where the hyping comes in because um nature is what really healed me like it really I would be out there and I would just get like these messages and just like understanding things I never understood and it allowed me to let go of all of that pain all of that Weight of all the things I had been carrying from the pain, from what I went through, just years of things—things I, things I didn't even realize that I had dealt with childhood traumas. Like so many things that came up, and I was able to take it and release. Mm. And so mm. that was what um, hikes from healing came from. That's what—that's what I started. My whole highest, highest and holiest health came from um, me. You know, just me finding ways to heal myself because of my own experiences with mental health and also with chronic
0: mm-hmm. illness mm-hmm. So. all of that is like so many layers mm-hmm. so first of all i feel mm-hmm. like especially for black mothers we can grin and bear it we can have the strong black woman syndrome um, mm-hmm. we cannot take care of ourselves and put all of these people in front of us our kids our mm-hmm. partners and what their wants and desires before our own personal needs But Mm -hmm. you, like, hit it on the head when you said that you cannot be the mother that you want to be if you don't take care of yourself first. And, you know, like, historically, with our ancestors or mothers and grandmothers, when they have, like, these kids and these families and, and they don't have that support or they don't pour back into themselves... They can mm-hmm. be, like, agitated all the time and in a bad mood mm-hmm. and, you know, whooping and cussing folks out and right. stuff because right. they are stressed it, it aggression. out. It's Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. They're stressed Absolutely. out. They don't have an outlet. And I'm sure... My grandmother mm-hmm. would have loved to just had the afternoon to sit in her garden and, yes. you know, bask in the sun. But she had mm-hmm. like 10 kids and, and, and nobody to help her. And, and um, what was mental health back then? So, right. I think right. that is so important that you chose yourself. And you mm-hmm. knew how you wanted to show up for your children and what they deserve and mm-hmm. what you deserve. And then Arizona is such a spiritual place in yes. itself. Yes, <laughs> yes.
1: And, and crazy, I didn't even know when I was going. You know, I only have gone one time. So I was like, once I realized where I was at, I'm like, I know divine. Like, I, I'm protected. Like, I knew I was guided. And I knew it was something greater than myself. You know, that every, everything happens. Like, even that situation was for a reason. I was just like. I would, I learned to be grateful, and even for the things that that are the most challenging, because they shape
0: you, mm-hmm. you know, into who you who you're to be, you know. Right. So yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Um, and I'm gonna come back to hiking to heal and and all of the great stuff that you're doing, but something that I do often ask, and especially because um your oldest your oldest is an adult now, how how is it for you? Raising a black man, especially Mm. in America today, like, how do you cope? How do you how do you do that? Mm. Wow, that is a very it's
1: it's a it's funny because it's like you think about that. It's like, oh, it's it's a it's a loaded question. Mm -hmm. Um, I teach my kids, though, I do teach my kids that their greatest weapon is their mind. And I constantly speak, speak life into their mind and how they think and how they because I feel like in any situation and it's not always, not always, because there's some people that are gonna see you and they're not gonna even give you the opportunity to speak. But and, and, and if you know how to if you have a mind that is gonna and you're trusting your instincts and you're trusting and you're knowing when to move and when not to move, and just learning learning what to say and what not to say and when to say. Um, just all of that and just being intelligent. I feel I take I teach them that first and most above all things. But I think I'm also, I also make them aware of what's, what's out here, you know, what it means to wear our skin in this country, unfortunately. Um, I think it's a lesson that none of us want to teach our kids. Like, I don't think that, you know, the majority realizes that that's something, that's a conversation we have to have. We have to teach our kids that if you don't teach Mm -hmm. your kids about those, you know, that happening in this world, then you're making them you're putting them at a disadvantage right ultimately Mm -hmm. so um and being that i have an 18 year old son that's going to soon drive um it's even more real Mm -hmm. you know um he has a thankfully he's a good he's a really good kid like he's he has he's a teenager in a sense of he thinks he knows everything Mm -hmm. he's he can be very lazy um but and he'll stay up He'll if he will i'll catch him till two in the morning playing video games and he has a school he has school like typical teenage things but as far as like um drinking and drugs like he has he's come to me and told me things like we've been we've been places together and somebody should hand him a and he will come to me like he just doesn't it doesn't appeal to him but I was like that so it's funny that mm-hmm. he's like it didn't appeal to me at that age either I didn't care about drinking in high school it wasn't a thing I wanted to do I didn't care about it um so I'm proud of him and I just want him I just am trying to teach him how like, ultimately I feel like my goal is just to kind of guide them mm-hmm. but I also mm-hmm. want to give him like tools because he doesn't like for instance he's a kid who does not like school. He does not, he's a doer. So that energy does not like classrooms. He doesn't like, he doesn't want to go to college. And you know, for some people that's like a, for some parents, it's like a blow. Like, Oh my God, they're not going to go to college. What am I going to do? You know how I'm going to feel. But for me, when you know your child, I know, I know that there's many other paths in 2021 for someone to be successful beyond yeah. college in that sense. But I have encouraged him to do a trade. Take a trade class, go to a community college, do a trade, because that is something where you can do and hands on. And from there, you know, see what you want, because he does want to do firefighting. So mm-hmm. I also encourage him to get into volunteer firefighting to see how he likes it. Just, but I want him to just, I think the main thing is just that you still have to live. Like we can't teach our kids to hide and cower to mm-hmm. this world because they have to, we, we don't, they need to make it room and adjust for us too. We don't have to cower. And I don't want my kids to feel like they have to cower to, other people's insecurities because that's not real, that's not what we should be doing,
0: right? Um, right. but I think there's all about
1: it's all about tact and knowing how to meet certain aggression. Um, there's a way to disarm people in a certain with with your intellect without ever having to pull out a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just teach them to move chestnut checkers, you mm-hmm. know, like you gotta think you gotta always be two, three steps ahead. And, um, try, like I said, instincts, I, in, I feel like instincts is the biggest thing ever, even for me. In my journey, had I followed my instincts, I could have saved myself from certain things. I feel like because I, you feel it. I feel like you know your gut is always going to guide you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And so I, I always against like, you know, God. I feel like they, their faith and that—that's always going to keep them on the right path as far as you know where they're getting their, their information
0: from. So nice, nice, love that. Um, so tell us a little bit more because you have a book. You have, mm-hmm. um, hiking, like all, i tell us all about all of the great stuff that you're doing and how people can find you.
1: Okay. Awesome. Um, so my business is highest in holistic health and it is a, basically it's a, it's a health health, a holistic health business. And I basically do mostly hikes, hikes for healing. It's a free hike that I do. I do quarterly go to different locations. So I just did one in Atlanta um, I look for, to do one in Phoenix, um, possibly. I'm looking at New York. I don't know. We'll see. And I'm not sure, but I'm looking. I'm, I haven't decided on certain, the other places, but we're going to be doing monthly hikes here in Charlotte, or actually it's in Gaston, um, North Carolina, Outers Mountain, Linwood Trail. And it's, every, it's usually every first Sunday, but you can follow at Highest Holistic Health for information on that. Um, I do holistic coaching, food journals, so if you're a person that's looking to like transition from... Eating like red meats into something like a pescatarian diet. Um, locally, I do meal prep. All good. All things health related, pretty much. Um, I have holistic products, so just if you follow at highest holistic health, you can check out all of my holistic offerings. Um, and with, as far as my book, Peace and Chaos: Journey to Self, it is available on Amazon, mm-hmm. and you can either I have it. it's available for Kindle, and it's also available for the hard copy. And it's pretty much a book about if you're a person, if you're on a you know a discovery of self-love and you know trying to figure out like what are things that you can use to heal, what are things that if you're on a journey of healing, you can do some of the traumatic. Event, um, my book is something I would recommend. It's definitely self-help and to get you to really find the light and the peace, even in the midst of all the most challenging things in this world and within yourself. So nice.
0: Okay. So my last question is. For any mother that didn't expect to be a mom, wanted to Mm -hmm. do their own thing, and then Mm -hmm. they have been gifted this responsibility out Mm -hmm. of nowhere, and they're having a really hard time adjusting to the life that they thought that they were gonna have, what advice would you give to them?
1: Hmm. I would say that nothing is by chance. I would say that everything happens It's, it happens the way it's supposed to, you know, I think that the main thing is that our children don't choose to be here. They don't, and they, you know, they're here once they get here, we're, we're given that responsibility to take care of them. So I think ultimately you have to find ways to still be yourself. I think that's the main thing. I think most women feel like once you have a child, you have to give up yourself Mm -hmm. and you have to give up who you are, who you were. Yes, there are things that are going to change. Your body is never going to be the same. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> you know, but the reality of it is even those things are for the better. Like you, you lean into that, you lean into those changes and you re- you recreate yourself as many times as you have to. But you have to always remember that just because you're a mother, you're that you it doesn't take away from who you are. You're still an individual. You're a woman first. And if you make time to do things for yourself and treat yourself as a woman then mothering will be, it won't be such a, you know, a a burden, I guess, for somebody that didn't want kids. Like, it it won't be so begrudging. It'll be something that you'll enjoy. Um, Because they teach us. They teach me every day. Like, I learn from them. Like, they teach because they're so, they're coming from a pure place. They haven't been programmed completely yet. You know? So, you learn from them and you grow from them, you know? And and look at it as something positive. It's something to add to your life. For sure. It's a blessing. Yes.
0: I'm going to put all of Hyacinth's information website book info in the show notes um so that everybody can follow join a hike buy the book thank you so much for being on i'm so no so grateful problem for you. thank you for having me i appreciate that thank you so much must be one. it's a sacrifice it takes hard work